Hi, this is Connor Brantley, host of Hello, the Future is Calling, and this is Our Future is Missing, Voice America Kids. Please be on the lookout for Philip Pinnock, African-American and is now 22 years old. He went missing from the Dallas-Fort Worth area on August 17, 2005 at 5 o'clock. Philip is 5'6", 130 pounds, brown eyes, and brown hair. He may still be in the Dallas area. Philip has a pierced ear and a gap between his top front teeth. If you know of Philip's whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's hotline at 1-800-THE-LOST. That's 1-800-5678. Let's see a picture of Philip. Please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, ourfutureismissing.com. Thank you. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Real kids, real talk radio. Welcome to Alive and Green with your host, Mario Jr. Want to help save the planet and have fun while you do? Eco Mario will give you the green scoop and maybe even tell a joke or two. Now, here's your host, Mario Jr. Thank you. Welcome to the Mario Jr. Alive and Green show. And our topic today is let's be one with nature. All right. Well, well, I love to have fun, so in each broadcast, I love to have a joke of the day and a great green tip to help you on your green journey. So here's the note to the joke, and as you know, at the end of the show, I'll give you that answer. All right. Now, the joke of the day is, why do mummies tell no secrets? <laughs> mummies tell no secrets. Yeah, why do mummies tell no secrets? Now, you oh, will that's get gonna be a good to one. answer that the fourth segment. All right. So today we have a true legend here on the show today, EcoFans. When someone says you can do it all, you truly can with hard work and determination and dedication. And that's no other than the extraordinary Miss Ray Marie Taylor. She is an author of The Land, Our Gift, and Wild Hope. She produces spoken word. She also has a CD called Black Grace. She's a poet and she travels. Give a round of applause for Miss Ray Marie Taylor. Thank you, Mario. <laughs> so how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm thrilled to be with you this morning. This is great. Well, uh, ditto to that. I am having so much fun. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. I, I cannot wait. All right. So to get right into it, where are you from? I'm originally from uh, Denver, Colorado. But as an adult, I've lived more in Santa Fe, New Mexico and in Quebec City, Canada. Wow. So tell me... How? I had a teaching career in Quebec City. So, Wow, that is amazing. Now, tell me how it was to live in Mexico. That was in New Mexico. New Mexico. Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, wow. Well, that is amazing. Now, what is your mission? Uh, my mission, really, as an artist and a writer, is to communicate honestly what I see and understand about life and to bring integrity to that so that people can find and be opened up to uh, what they see and trust in what they understand. Well, I like that. Yeah, so you try to, you know, keep the people, you know, at peace and, you know, and, you know, try to really just get it, you know, along with everyone, you know, and, and that's that's a great, you know, way to have your mission. So I, I love that. You well, know. good. I, I don't want to impose things on people, but I do need to express things. And I find it's in the sharing when we're not defensive that right. our hearts can change for the better. <laughs> That's true. You know, we need to, you know, get along with each other and, you know, kind of really understand each other. You know, listen, you know, because, you know, everybody, sometimes everybody's just talking and talking, you know, and you really just want to listen to, you know, people and have, you know, a really good faith, you know. So I, I like that. So what does going green mean to you? Well, really, I think it means living with the awareness of the beauty and the balance of nature and how we affect it in our lives. Um, and it also means taking mean, meaningful action uh, individually or collectively to respect nature. We can do it with words, we can do it by being on restoration projects, we can do it with our daily attentions to water or to gardens. Um, my friend Randy, who introduced me to you, has a fabulous garden. <laughs> uh, creates a beautiful um context for the birds and and nature around so it's i think acting with that awareness that the beauty and the balance are joined together and we need to be part of that balance 
That is very true. Now, speaking of Miss Randy Levy, we have to have the story of how we met, you know, because with that, it all started with the show with uh, with Brianna mm-hmm. having fun with her and Ron's, you know, yeah, this is a great story, you know, and with that, that was a great show. And Miss Randy Levy loved the show so much, she had to recommend somebody else with, with me. And I, I knew as soon as I, you know, looked up some things about Miss Marie Taylor, I was like, wow, <laughs> she is doing everything. And I had to interview her. I cannot wait to interview her. So that was uh, amazing. I was like, wow. So I get, I get like a double, a, a double whammy. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, it's so much fun. So, I mean, I am having. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it and is. A... I was so enthusiastic when Randy put me in touch. I just felt all your wonderful energy and your total attention to the green life and with the fun and the information of it, it's just wonderful. Well, thank you so much. That is very kind of you. I mean, that is amazing. And we're going to have some fun here today. And it's always, you know, great to have, you know, some, you know, fun stories, you know, for eco fans. So, but uh, where do you think Going Green is leading up to? Do you think the world is, you know, kind of becoming more aware of being environmentally sustainable? Well, I think so. I think there's a real groundswell where people are coming together about really wanting it to be sustainable. But especially in North America, it's so hard for us to change our habits. So it takes a a lot of stick-to-itiveness, I think, for people uh, to to really keep aware and to keep uh, working for it. Um, We have to be careful in our culture, too, that it doesn't just become a label. And that's why your show is so good, because there's real dialogue going on. And I think that's really super important. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that is definitely a major point to have, you know, and you want people to actually grasp, you know, that going green, you know, life and, you know, really make it make it themselves and make it a part a part of them. So that is definitely a you know, a, a major point. And you are listening to Voice America Kids. I'm Mario Jr. And our topic today is let's be one with nature. All right. And I, I, I love that title myself. You know, let's be one with nature. You, you have to be I one do. with nature. <laughs> when I saw that, I thought, well, that's my book. That's my work is, is, to, <laughs> is that and, and uh, acknowledge that and do what I can for that. So that was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think do you think people really can make a difference? Oh, Mario, I can tell you that that is where my hope lies. My hope lies in people making a difference through collaboration. Because, like, while I was working on my book, I interviewed um, some ranchers. I interviewed a couple of water activists. I did some restoration on little creeks and and rivers in the southwest myself. And it's amazing what collaboration can do when people are willing to collaborate and focus on our harmony, our reciprocity with the land. It's it's wonderful. It really is. And, you know, a team really does work. I mean, team teamwork is the best work. I say, you know, uh, two heads is better than one. And I say ten heads is better than one. You know, I mean, when you, when you have a team working together, it's unstoppable. And whatever you want to do, especially for helping the world, you know, or, or the earth, you know, you know, you can always and I always did love Earth Day, you know, because that's when, we, you know, you all go out and you plant a tree and you, you know, harvest your own tree. And then you look back at your tree about, you know, the next month and it's already grown. And I, I love that, you know, because it's a whole show or a whole uh, teamwork, you know. So I, yeah. I, I love that. I love your example of the tree because we do a lot of that in New Mexico, planting to restore the river. But also in another river project of, called Comanche Creek, I was so amazed. We were just changing the course of the river a little bit with these stones and, and posts called veins to help the river not build up so much silt. And within the same day, the water became more clear and it was flowing much wow. more healthily. And I, it just impressed me so much. And we could really feel our affection for the land through that work. That is so true, you know, and with that, just saying that, you, you you already know that you can do something and it can have a right-of-way change. And that's amazing to me, you know, have a right-of-way change yeah. that, you know, everybody yeah. wants to see that. Right, right. And the nitty-gritty work really helps us see that happen, trees and water and things. Now, that's very true. Now, 
when and why did you begin writing? Well, I began writing a little bit in high school. There was an English teacher who encouraged us to write. But then they put me in this algebra class and different things. And so I didn't write anymore. But then <laughs> in college, I sang every day at the end of the day with friends and you know fellow students. And we wrote and read poetry together and also wrote for fun, you know, as well as singing. And so that was the first sort of real time that I had to write, but I never took it seriously until many, many years later, I had a cancer. And the cancer showed me that if I didn't write and do my visual art, that uh, I might not make it. I really had this necessity that was also not just emotional or spiritual, but a physical necessity. Wow. Uh, to write and paint and sculpt to stay alive. And so that was uh, what really got me going on working much more often on my poetry and bringing it into the world with poetry readings and performances. And, and uh, then with my, my book, that came a little later because I was... Uh, I tried to go home again to the Southwest and saw what was happening there with a lot of loss of land and some erosion of the culture, the traditional cultures of the uh, Hispanic people. And that just was so hard to take that I just really needed to uh, hunker down and <laughs> write about my love of the land, witness my love of the land, witness some of the sense of loss uh, that is really a shared fate, not only in the Southwest, but in many areas where the land is very beautiful and people are on the land. There's a kind of shared fate in our world today of, um, of knowing that there are losses and that we have to really work with the land, with it, and live with it to, uh, to keep it alive and to keep ourselves alive. So um, it was that difficult experience of trying to go home again and seeing the changes that were uh, were really serious, that really galvanized me. I got going on my book, but it took me many years because I didn't have time to finish it for many years. But in 2006, I got working on it full-time and uh, wrote for five years, and now it's published. <laughs> well, that is a very, very, very heartfelt story, and we're going to definitely get right back into that and have more of that story when we come back. But let's take a break. I'm Mario Jr. Keep it right here. You're listening to the Voice America Kids. Kids these days are so connected to the media that they can't help but be surrounded by news and politics. Today's kids get more information than kids of past generations, and because of that, they have more informed opinions. Kids today may not be able to vote yet, but they can certainly influence voters and issues with their voices. Tune in every week for America Today and talk about the issues and influence the decision makers. America Today airs every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support surprise you behind the line is all about the inside of sports from a kid's point of view this is a look at all of the action from behind the line join your host every wednesday at 3 p.m whether you're a kid or was a kid at some time in your life we'll run down all of the scores talk about the games of the past week and preview what's coming up in the next week you'll want to take notes because this is good stuff the place to be wednesdays at 3 that's 6 p.m eastern is the voice america kids channel for behind the line Want to laugh yourself silly over the crazy happenings of the celeb world and beyond? Tune in to Behind the Mask on Voice America Kids. Your hosts will uncover the celebrities you know and love, along with some that you might not know in this country, but they are admired across the world. But it's not just the famous that need to look out. We'll look inside the music biz, stage, and of course, the big screen. Listen to Behind the Mask every Thursday at 8 p.m. on Broadway and 5 p.m. Hollywood side on the Voice America Kids channel.
Keep thinking green. You're tuned in to Alive and Green with Mario Jr. on Voice America Kids. Saving the planet one hour a week at a time. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the program on Voice America Kids. I'm Mario Jr. and you are listening to the Mario Jr. Alive and Green Show. And our topic today is Let's Be One with Nature. All right, and we have a very special guest today here. It is Miss Ray Marie Taylor. But before we jump, we jump right back into the green, let me just give you that riddle to the joke of the day. And you know, I will give you the answer at the end of the show. All right. Now, the joke of the day is, why do mummies tell no secrets? That's a hard one. You know, you think of, you know, many different things, but I hope you get it. All right. But you will get that answer at the end of the show on, on the fourth segment. All right. Well, we, before we went back to break, we had a very, very heartfelt story, you know, telling her story, how she began to write. So let's get right back into that. Miss Ray? The book came out of that sense of loss. I think I, my poetry started before I wrote the book. The book is nonfiction. And when I had experienced all this sense of loss in the land at home uh, and needed to talk about it and needed to talk about my love of the land and the values, the earth-based values that came with that as I grew up, um, I felt like I needed to kind of say it like it is, <laughs> and um, I wanted to have two dimensions woven together. One, sort of the personal story that's my story and then later becomes with the interviews other people's story in that sense of shared fate, like I mentioned. Uh, but also thinking because I was in such shock about um, the changes that were so radical since I had not really stayed at home for a number of years. So when I went back to stay for a few years, it was really amazing to me um, how much loss there had been. And I, I wanted to understand, understand what the phenomena was. And so the writing definitely um, helps understand. It's like one poet said, you need the poem to remember. Okay. You, know, you don't always remember things, but your life or the significant things. But when you start writing a poem, uh, it it helps you remember what matters. And the writing of this book that's nonfiction um, really was a way for me to not only witness what I knew, but to understand, to try and understand and uh, reveal my understanding. Uh, to other people and the big I keep talking about the loss and the changes but what they they were big changes due to real estate development and industrialization of the landscape okay. the landscape in the west is very very wide and vast and growing up was very very wild okay. and with a lot of oil and gas uh, exploration and industrialization uh, water resources have been lost and uh, people have been poisoned and that kind of thing. So wow. there's real need to balance the energy situation. And uh, I talk a bit, I have a chapter about that on, mm -hmm. uh, in my book and trying to witness how if we walk more lightly on the earth, um, we can sing with Louis Armstrong again, what a wonderful world. And whether it's real estate or industrialization of the landscape, uh, uh, we need to be very careful about how we move forward in the future. And I have lots of hope, like my friend Ranny does, in your generation, um, because so many of you care really deeply about the earth. And you have, last year I was at a, a conference in the fall, the Kavira Coalition, which is in, uh, based in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and it's a coalition that brings together farmers, ranchers, uh, conservationists, ecologists, and even federal agents dealing with the land in the West. And that uh, at last year's conference, they had the most amazing couple days with young farmers. And I was so struck how the young farmers, they know how the world is. They oh, know wow. what bad shape the world's in. Right. But they have the strength, the vision, the hope to go ahead and do their farms and to work together. Um, you know, sometimes they need to have two or three jobs besides their farming or else there'll be two or three farms that'll work together for different products. Um, so, you know, there really is a lot of hope in your generation and the generation just barely ahead of you. Uh, so um, that I really wanted to emphasize because 
there is loss in my book, but there there is hope. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and it's we are definitely one big happy family, you know, with, with everyone in this uh, wonderful world, world that we live in. And you're listening to the Voice of America Kids. I'm Mario Jr. And our topic today is let's be one with nature. All right. Now, with the next question, it's really fun. If you could work with any other author, who would it be? Well, right away, what comes to mind is Wendell Berry. I don't know if you've heard of him. No. But he is, well, he's quite aged now. I think he's like 85, but he's still active. He's a farmer, but he has been for many years one of our main poets in, North, in the United States. Uh, and here in Canada, too, people know him well. Um, and he writes wonderful essays about uh, the land and how we need to understand it and respect it. And he, too, fears, you know, the losses. But he, his expression that I used earlier, shared fate, is um, a really strong one when you hear him speak. We, like you said, we're, we're also bonded in our need for the land. Definitely. And he... Um, he does all kinds of different um, presentations in the environmental milieu besides uh, his farming. Uh, but also one of the favorite things that he ever wrote that I love is called the Mad Farmer's Liberation Front. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a long, long poem, you know, telling you not to worry about a lot of these restrictions there, but to stick with the earth and to move ahead and, right. and that it's people and the earth together, you know, that really will matter. So uh, he's he's an icon, really, oh, uh, wow. in the literary <laughs> environmental uh, in the literary section of the environmental movement, and he he has been guests at places like the Kavira Coalition, where people wow, are doing the okay. nitty gritty work because, as a farmer, he understands the nitty gritty work. So, well, I um, think I would have to interview him one day. You know, that that would probably yes. be a great show. <laughs> That'd be a wonderful show, Mario. Yeah, yeah, because he's very kind. he's very kind. He has a wonderful sense of humor. And he's just so knowledgeable about all of the different issues that we're facing. Um, but he doesn't give up the faith. He keeps the faith. <laughs> well, that is definitely a keeper. And in the back of my mind, that definitely keep an eye on him to have him on the show. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad I've inspired you for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Well, uh, who is your favorite author? And is your writing style kind of like similar to, to theirs? Well, I must say they're actually two people I go back to often. One is Mary Oliver, who's a poet. And in my poetry, and also there's, you know, when people read my book, even though it's nonfiction, it's prose, they say, oh, you're a poet, because they feel this something there. <laughs> but um, Mary Oliver writes poetry that is very, very close to the land, witnessing her moments of contemplation with the herons in the marshes in the morning and that kind of thing. And I have a lot of poetry that is that kind of thing, witnessing those moments of the sense of spiritual in nature. And um, there's another writer who wrote her memoir, so nonfiction prose, called Perfection of the Morning. And she was a, a woman who lived in Toronto and was very, very, very urban. But she fell in love with a rancher and moved to Saskatchewan. Oh, wow. And <laughs> she had, like, the shock of her life moving to this wide open space and she was very disoriented for a couple years and so perfection of the morning is her gradual recovery from this shock to really being in touch with the land there and um and really embracing it and she's become an important writer in uh, in Saskatchewan. And she's written other things, too. But Perfection of the Morning was really... And so, in a sense, because she's also witnessing very quietly many of, of those uh, moments where she's come to realization about the relationship with the place she's in, um, her concerns are, are kind of similar to mine. Um, maybe not always this exact style, but but her concerns... So I feel a lot of consolation going back, reading these two people, Mary Oliver and Sharon Butala. Wow, that and, is... Mm -hmm, go ahead. Well, there's another person who I love a lot is Mark Abe, and he wrote... Well, hold uh, that thought. Before you get into that one, we're okay. going to go right back into that in the next segment. But are uh, you 10 to 17 and want to be on a radio? 
Well, let me show you how easy it is. Log on to www.com or dot iradioblog.com you can do it too and sit back and enjoy my fun behind the scenes video then record your video audition and upload it because voice america kids videos auditions are being accepted now guys so what are you waiting for if i can do it you can definitely do it too let's take a break i'm mario jr keep it right here you're listening to the voice america kids We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you believe in the supernatural? Well, some do and some don't, which is why Beyond the Third Dimension looks at both sides. You have one host who believes in ghosts, while the other can't think of anything more ridiculous. Put them together and you get some great discussion and some real discoveries and exploration of the paranormal and then some. Tune in to Beyond the Third Dimension, airing Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. And try not to be afraid of things that go bump in the night. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Kids face very tough and very real issues every single day. It can be bad. It can be ugly. Now there's something good that can help. Tune in to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll discuss the issues and provide solutions and connections to solutions that you will be able to use. Our show goes right to the heart of today's kids and beyond. Your parents will probably want to listen in, too. The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly airs Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 Eastern on Voice America Kids. You just love your pets. But sometimes they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune into Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Keep thinking green. You're tuned in to Alive and Green with Mario Jr. on Voice America Kids. Saving the planet one hour a week at a time. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program on Voice America Kids. I'm Mario Jr. And you're listening to the Mario Jr. Alive and Green show on the topic. And our topic today is let's be one with nature. All right. Now we have a joke of the day. And we also have a great green tip for you because you know you love that great green tip of the day. All right, but here's that joke of the day. All right. Why do mummies tell no secrets? Oh, my goodness. I just tripped in the studio and thinking (laughs) about that joke. It's so funny. I'm not sure. I'm thinking. Mummies tell no secrets. Okay. Well, you will definitely get to have that answer at the end of the show. All right, but when we left off, Miss Ray Marie Taylor had a one more off that she loved. So let me get right back into that. Okay. <laughs> well, Mark Avery, he's from Montreal, and he wrote this wonderful book called Spoken Here Travels Among Threatened Languages. And his style isn't exactly the same, and he's working a bit more in detail with the language and culture. But I just love his respect that just comes through and resonates in the book, his respect for the different people, the different cultures that he encountered as he was writing the book. 
and letting us know about the different states of the different languages. So I wanted to mention. Well, that is amazing. And you have quite a few, you know, it's, it's always kind of hard to have your, you know, favorite, especially if it's something like so broad, like an author or like your favorite yeah. dance, um, because, you know, sometimes you have, you know, several and sometimes you even have different styles, especially with, you know, authors, you know, they have different styles of writing. So it really, you know, it's kind of like what kind of style. So that's definitely a hard one. But I, I love all of your favorites. So that is amazing. <laughs> now, with that, what do people search for in your book? Well, that's really hard for the author to uh, answer sometimes because I always feel like, well, the readers know best. Okay. Um, but from some of the accounts that I've had from readers and the kind readers have taken the time to respond, um, they've been very touched by the combination of the personal account uh, and the witnessing of the good work that's being done. And some people have said it's really, really given them a much more clear sense of of our relationship with place and okay. how important that is. And some people focus more on the personal story, you know, the family and the, the young woman facing the changes. But um, I think the beauty and, and the sense of the harmony of the beauty and the ecological balance, how they work together, um, kind of sustains people's interest uh, in the story, from what I've understood. And I wanted it to, of course. So I think that's, and that sense that for people who are living on the land, um, they really feel like I get it. Like ranchers have told me, you really get it. That sense of, yes, the hard, nitty-gritty survival on the land, but also right. the beauty and joy and the wonder. Um, but that wonder that we can experience is really uh, rooted in the ecological balance. Well, that's true. And I, li I like how you said in the beginning, you know, the you know, the readers know best. So, because there's definitely, you know, several different, you know, takes that you can look on that whole book. And I love that, you know, you can take it, you know, from, you know, different perspectives. And, you know, that is definitely a, uh, you know, a, you know, a definitely a keeper of one of your, you know, books, you know, so that's great. Now yeah. with that, what does your title mean to you? Well, um, the word gift, the land, our gift and wild hope. The gift, uh, using the word gift for the title was inspired by a book by Lewis Hyde called The Gift, uh, Imagination and the Erotic Life of Property. <laughs> kind of a long title, but <laughs> he, he speaks of the vehicles of a culture, particularly the art in a culture that carries the spirit and genius of the culture. But in the Southwest, what I say is the land itself has always been what bonded us in the spirit of our culture in the Southwest. Definitely. And um, so the land as gift that has that spiritual quality that can bring us together and that, uh, as he mentions, is between people, not owned by people, but that spirit that is between people that allows us to care together and to work together um, for our culture and its relationship with the land. Um, a lot of my thinking and a lot of my, uh, my hope being sustained came through reading uh, Lewis Hyde in the very beginning when I first started writing the book. And the wild hope, um, people have asked me to translate it into French, and it's almost impossible because, of <laughs> course, there's the wild, the wild of the mountains and the rivers and the desert, uh, the animals. And so naturally, that's a reference to all of that that, that we can love in nature. Um, but a wild hope sort of makes it sound like a crazy hope. And I, I take that sense of crazy in the sense of passionate. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> not, not crazy in the sense of dumb, but in the sense of, of uh, passionate hope. And I do think we need, you know, courage and passion to, uh, to do what we do for the earth. Well, wow. So that yeah. kind of sums up my, my title, I think. Right. And, you know, that's definitely a, uh, you know, that's usually how things, you know, kind of pop up as, you know, your, you know, things come out as, you know, you want them and, you know, for your title or for anything, you know, that's a part of you. So I, I love to have, you know, your stories of, you know, what your creations are. You are listening to the Voice America Kids. I'm Mario Jr. And our topic today is let's be one with nature. All right. Now with that, we have a great question. I, I love this question right here. Now, how much does your childhood impact your writing? Well, it, it's amazing that you asked that question because, of course, 
it's major. My, I think most people's childhood is major in their writing, but mine is perhaps more visible since I did grow up in the Southwest. And so much of my writing, both in my poetry and, of course, the whole book, um, is related to um, that family love that we had that was also shared, you know, in Colorado. People in Colorado and New Mexico and the Southwest in general really love the land. And uh, so that amazing love of the land that was always there that I was, you know, as a child, you're just enjoying it. And we had a family cabin where as a family with three other families, we just lived in the wilderness during our vacation. And that was... Uh, what really nourished, I think, so much of the root that my writing comes out of. And the book itself begins when uh, I'm at home in Denver with my parents sitting on the couch, and um, (laughs) I'm 10 years old, and there are two things that come through that moment, or, you know, in the first few pages. One is an awareness of America outside, the United States outside of Colorado, Uh, because my parents were talking uh, about things they were reading in the news. And my dad explained e pluribus unum to me, saying that our country was made of one one country for many. And I loved that idea, and that was the first sense of, wow, you know, there's a country larger than my family and larger than Colorado and New Mexico, and and we're all uh, part of something bigger. And at the same time, at that same period when I was 10, uh, our family took a family trip to New Mexico. And that was the first time I realized that other people really had that alert sense of the beauty of the wild that we did in our mountains. And I realized that the native people in New Mexico, and uh, especially through them, the Pueblos, and the people who lived, Hispanic and Native and Anglo who lived, so simply in New Mexico, they really shared that sense of that alertness of, of the beauty wow. that we can have in the wild. So, yeah, my, my childhood is still with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is definitely, uh, you know, great to have. And my mom is definitely, I, I never went to Denver, Colorado, or Denver, you know, period. But my mom has, and she, you know, she always tells me stories about how she's, you know, loved Denver you know, okay. and, and you know, with the you know, with snow, because I I never since I live in Florida, I never was able to witness well, having yeah. snow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know, I I yeah. love that. You know. <laughs> well, it is. It's beautiful because it's a high altitude climate, mm-hmm. and so the snow comes and it's very beautiful and bright. But then it melts, <laughs> you know, a few days later. So you, unless you want to go skiing, you don't really have a lot of snow. So you can go up into the mountains and. Hang have it really deep snow for the skiing but and then else, which makes it easier <laughs> well that is amazing not yeah because i would just i would just love to make either a snow angel or a snowman you know with the little carrot oh, you know yeah. <laughs> yeah well we did that with our cousins a lot on the front lawn when we were growing up yeah. oh wow that is amazing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well if, if you would like to have a guest spot on this show email me by clicking the contact host button on voiceamericakids.com also, keep up with what's happening in Eco Jr.'s world. Log on to iRadioBlog.com or Facebook, Mario Richley Jr. or TV me at Eco Jr. 98. Please help keep our kids safe. Voice America has teamed up with the Missing and Exploited Children's Network. Please log on to www.OurFutureIsMissing.com and help us find our future. Let's take a break. I'm Mario Jr. Keep it right here. You're listening to the Voice America Kids. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. What is Take Two? Take two crazy hosts, put them in front of two microphones, and use your two ears to enjoy the fun. Times two. Take Two. We'll go back, way back to the favorite TV shows of our childhood. Your parents' childhood. Um, no. Uh, try again, Chris. Take two. We'll take you back to the favorite TV shows of our generation, past and present, and apply them to what's going on in our own lives. Trust us, it'll be a blast. Tune in to Take Two every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. What are some of the issues that kids face every day? You'll find out when you tune into the appropriately named Today's Kids. Your hosts are here to open the doors to a forum of all kinds of issues. Nothing is off the table here, and because it's on the Voice America Kids channel, you know you're getting a kid's perspective. Tune in every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Today's Kids. Your hosts will lead this forum of engaging conversation on Voice America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Keep thinking green. You're tuned in to Alive and Green with Mario Jr. on Voice America Kids. Saving the planet one hour a week at a time. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program on Voice America Kids. I'm Mario Jr. and you are listening to the Mario Jr. Alive and Green Show. And our topic today is Let's Be One with Nature. All right, and we have a very special guest today here. It is Miss Ray Marie Taylor. But before we jump, we jump right back into the green, let me just give you that riddle to the joke of the day. And, you know, I will give you the answer at the end of the show. All right. Now, the joke of the day is, why do mummies tell no secrets? That's a hard one. You know, you think of, you know, many different things, but I hope you get it. All right. But you will get that answer at the end of the show on, on the fourth segment. All right. Well, we, before we went back to break, we had a very, very heartfelt story, you know, telling her story, how she began to write. So let's get right back into that. Miss Ray? The book came out of that sense of loss. I think I, my poetry started before I wrote the book. The book is nonfiction. And when I had experienced all this sense of loss in the land at home uh, and needed to talk about it and needed to talk about my love of the land and the values, the earth-based values that came with that as I grew up. Um, I felt like I needed to kind of say it like it is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I wanted to have two dimensions woven together. One, sort of the personal story that's my story and then later becomes with the interviews other people's story in that sense of shared fate, like I mentioned, uh, but also thinking because I was in such shock about um, the changes that were so radical since I had not really stayed at home for a number of years. So when I went back to stay for a few years, it was really amazing to me um, how much loss there had been. And I, I wanted to understand, understand what the phenomena was. And so the writing definitely um, helps understand. It's like one poet said, you need the poem to remember. 
Okay. You, know, you don't always remember things, but your life or the significant things. But when you start writing a poem, uh, it it helps you remember what matters. And the writing of this book that's nonfiction um, really was a way for me to not only witness what I knew, but to understand, to try and understand and uh, reveal my understanding. Uh, to other people and the big I keep talking about the laws and the changes but what they they were big changes due to real estate development and industrialization of the landscape okay. the landscape in the west is very very wide and vast and growing up was very very wild okay. and with a lot of oil and gas uh, exploration and industrialization uh, water resources have been lost and uh, people have been poisoned and that kind of thing. So wow. there's real need to balance the energy situation. And uh, I talk a bit, I have a chapter about that on, mm -hmm. uh, in my book and trying to witness how if we walk more lightly on the earth, um, we can sing with Louis Armstrong again, what a wonderful world. And whether it's real estate or industrialization of the landscape, uh, uh, we need to be very careful about how we move forward in the future. And I have lots of hope, like my friend Ranny does, in your generation, um, because so many of you care really deeply about the earth. And you have, last year I was at a, a conference in the fall, the Kavira Coalition, which is in, uh, based in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and it's a coalition that brings together farmers, ranchers, uh, conservationists, ecologists, and even federal agents dealing with the land in the West. And that uh, at last year's conference, they had the most amazing couple days with young farmers. And I was so struck how the young farmers, they know how the world is. They oh, know wow. what bad shape the world's in. Right. But they have the strength, the vision, the hope to go ahead and do their farms and to work together. Um, you know, sometimes they need to have two or three jobs besides their farming or else there'll be two or three farms that'll work together for different products. Um, so, you know, there really is a lot of hope in your generation and the generation just barely ahead of you. Uh, so um, that I really wanted to emphasize because... There is loss in my book, but there there is hope. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and it's we are definitely one big happy family, you know, with, with everyone in this uh, wonderful world, world that we live in. And mm -hmm. you're listening to the Voice of America Kids. I'm Mario Jr. And our topic today is let's be one with nature. All right. Now, with the next question, it's really fun. If you could work with any other author, who would it be? Well, right away, what comes to mind is Wendell Berry. I don't know if you've heard of him. No. But he is, well, he's quite aged now. I think he's like 85, but he's still active. He's a farmer, but he has been for many years one of our main poets in, North, in the United States. Uh, and here in Canada, too, people know him well. Um, and he writes wonderful essays about uh, the land and how we need to understand it and respect it and he too fears you know the losses but he his expression that I used earlier shared fate is um, a really strong one when you hear him speak we like you said we are also bonded in our need for the land Definitely. and he um, he does all kinds of different um, presentations in the environmental milieu besides uh, his farming. Uh, but also one of the favorite things that he ever wrote that I love is called the Mad Farmer's Liberation Front. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a long, long poem, you know, telling you not to worry about a lot of these restrictions there, but to stick with the earth and to move ahead and, right. and that it's people in the earth together, you know, that really will matter. So uh, he's he's an icon, really, oh, uh, wow. in the literary <laughs> environmental, uh, in the literary section of the environmental movement, and he he has been guests at places like the Kavira Coalition, where people wow, are doing the okay. nitty gritty work. Because as a farmer, he understands the nitty gritty work. So, well, I um, think I would have to interview him one day. You know, that that would probably yes. be a great show. <laughs> That'd be a wonderful show, Mario. Yeah, yeah, because he's very kind. He's very kind. He has a wonderful sense of humor. 
and he's just so knowledgeable about all of the different issues that we're facing. Um, but he doesn't give up the faith. He keeps the faith. <laughs> well, that is definitely a keeper. And in the back of my mind, that definitely keep an eye on him to have him on the show. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad I've inspired you for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Well, uh, who is your favorite author? And is your writing style kind of like similar to, to theirs? Well, I must say there are actually two people I go back to often. One is Mary Oliver, who's a poet. And in my poetry, and also there's, you know, when people read my book, even though it's nonfiction, it's prose, they say, oh, you're a poet, because they feel this something there. <laughs> but um, Mary Oliver writes poetry that is very, very close to the land, witnessing her moments of contemplation with the herons in the marshes in the morning and that kind of thing. And I have a lot of poetry that is that kind of thing, witnessing those moments of the sense of spiritual in nature. And um, there's another writer who wrote her memoir, so nonfiction prose, called Perfection of the Morning. And she was a, a woman who lived in Toronto and was very, very, very urban. But she fell in love with a rancher and moved to Saskatchewan. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she had, like, the shock of her life moving to this wide open space and she was very disoriented for a couple of years and so perfection of the morning is her gradual recovery from this shock to really being in touch with the land there and um and really embracing it and she's become an important writer in uh, in saskatchewan and she's written other things too but perfection of the morning was really and so, in a sense, because she's also witnessing very quietly many of, of those uh, moments where she's come to realization about the relationship with the place she's in, um, her concerns are, are kind of similar to mine. Um, maybe not always this exact style, but, but her concerns. So I feel a lot of consolation going back, reading these two people, Mary Oliver and Sharon Butala. Wow, that and, is... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Well, there's another person who I love a lot is Mark Abe, and he wrote... Well, hold uh, that thought. Before you get into that one, we're okay. going to go right back into that in the next segment. But are uh, you 10 to 17 and want to be on a radio? Well, let me show you how easy it is. Log on to www.com. Uh, iradioblog.com you can do it too and sit back and enjoy my fun behind the scenes video then record your video audition and upload it because voice america kids videos auditions are being accepted now guys so what are you waiting for if i can do it you can definitely do it too let's take a break i'm mario jr keep it right here you're listening to the voice america kids Thanks for tuning in to the show. Mario Jr. will be here again next week with another edition of Alive and Green. We hope you'll join us again, too, right here on the Voice America Kids channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. 